Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 6th. It's five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've got Rob Kendall here. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there as well. Casey Daniels 317. And of course, we're both on YouTube. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So how much does it take to run the great state of Indiana? The answer, $22 billion a year. That's what we're led to believe. Yeah, so I want to just, just touch on something we we did last hour, and then we'll get to more Biden stuff. And I figured the longer we can spare our audience from any more Biden, the more we are apt to get some sort of community service award. So, <laughs> But we had Nikki Kelly on, and she had a very interesting piece where she st- tried to walk through, hey, in a realistic world, what does cutting $8 billion from the state budget look like? Which is That's what Suzanne Crouch has proposed, yeah. running for governor. Okay, so, I, but I wanted to make a couple of things clear to our audience. When we talk about cuts, there's always this negative connotation with cuts, right? Like, you're stealing from grandma, or, and I'm not saying Nikki Kelly was doing this, but what I'm saying is, anytime you go out and go, hey, the government can do with less, Junior won't get his vitamins today, and it'll be all Rob Kendall's fault. If you talk about cutting $8 billion from the state budget, and I just want to just, just drive this home to people, I'm not. Ta- we're not talking about you must return to a 1960s level of funding for state government. You're talking about resetting to 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017, Casey. Yeah. That is how much the Republicans have grown government. You're talking about $8 billion? Yes. Over seven years? Yes. All you're saying, and Suzanne won't do this, of course, because that would put her in a real box, because then she would have to own we irresponsibly grew government, is say if the Republicans had just done their job and adhered to the party platform, which is the party of low taxes and what? Limited government. Mm-hmm. If they had just not even done that, no cuts necessary, just flatlined the government for the past seven years. Did your, let me see here, Casey, I'm going to try to do this on the fly, and you know math is not my strong suit. But if I were to take eight and divide it by 36, they have grown government at 22%. State government has grown by 22% over the past seven years. A lot of people's incomes have not grown by 22% (laughs) over the past seven years. So the state of Indiana, which is run by all Republicans... Mm Who are supposed to be... Since 2005. Yeah. And I mean, everything. I mean, you've had Holcomb. It's been Holcomb and supermajority since 2017. So the Republican Party, which is supposed to be the party of limited government and low taxes, has grown government by 22-ish percent. It may actually be a little more than that, but let's all be fair and friends here. I think you're actually going to find that it's even more than that. But just round numbers. If they had not done that, 
if they had actually just flatlined the government, mm-hmm. then there would be no cuts necessary. We could have already eliminated the income tax. And so I, I want to put that all in perspective. Well, I thought Nikki's piece was interesting and she went through it. One, one example, something she didn't touch. Well, every year or every budget now, our Republican supermajorities are giving $500 million to the governor to strong-arm farmers out of their land and various other scams and schemes to benefit his rich donor friends to find ways to legally benefit people that he likes who are his buddies and pals and amigos and some of the largest corporations in the entire world were taking money that could be used to do $500 million. Hey, I'm a, I'm a 16th of the way there, Casey. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of the IEDC. Mm-hmm. Let's stop taking money from poor and middle class people and using it to facilitate the further enrichment of really rich people. Hey, I just found $500 million. Okay, now their argument is that that new investment, those new businesses will cover any loss from cutting the income tax. The problem with that is, Casey, every time we get revenue into the treasury, it goes to grow government. This is why I'm not for this is why I've totally when I was an elected person, I was in favor of reasonable, responsible growth, especially commercially, because I used it to make people's tax burden lower in the community in which I lived. And I did it better than, you know, I hate to brag on myself, but still, I believe better than any person who's ever been in local government Mm -hmm. with the largest municipal property tax rate reduction in state history. But they're not doing that. It'd be one thing if all that growth, all the farm fields turning into giant cement factories had gone to lower people's tax burden. And wow, there's no income tax and property taxes have never been lower. And okay, hey, look, I guess while I hate to see the farm fields go, it's a price of doing business. But that's not what's happened. What has happened is the farm fields have gone. The identity of the state has gone away. And that money has been used to grow government in a massive way. So to me, trying to say, hey, we're going to reset everything to 2017 levels, that's not an irresponsible thing. That's not some dangerous thing to, you know, execute that would be executing vital services on the chopping block. It's just simply saying, we're going to reset to 2017, which wasn't all that long ago. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing is that Suzanne Crouch has come out and she has said, we're going to look at every department and see what we don't need more efficient be more efficient and if that's the case then that's an admittance that there has been billions in wasteful spending in the state government and so much for the gop's fiscal stewardship yes yes thank you she's admitting yes and i think that was the takeaway and we read that part in the piece by nikki kelly Mm -hmm. she's admitting she being suzanne krauts her old pal silent suzanne that her And her best friend and the guy she's totally subservient to, Eric Holcomb, have done a really crappy job of running this state. Thank you. We finally got something worthwhile out of the Suzanne Crouch campaign for governor. That Suzanne Crouch and Eric Holcomb and Rod and Todd the Flanders boys Mm -hmm. and the rest of the Good Time Fun Gang at the Indiana General Assembly has done a really crappy job managing state money. We're done here. Okay. Problem solved. Let's move on to Biden. 12 minutes after 10, it is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. There's a new book that's coming out. It's called The Last Politician Inside Joe Biden's White House and the Struggle for America's Future, published uh, this week. And the author of the book, Franklin Four, says that he would not be surprised if Joe Biden drops out of the 24 race. Would you... If you had to bet right now, you live in a very palatial 
state. It's a high rise. It goes straight up in the air. It's sure. very fabulous. And it I practically was winded just walking up the stairs to get to the top of your house every time I'm in there. No exaggeration. Would, would, you being winded is the only thing you said that's true. But keep going. Every time I go to Casey's house, it's like, oh my gosh. It's a townhouse. It's got a lot of stairs. Remember in Ghostbusters at the very end when they're trying to climb to the top of that building to get Gozer and he looks around and goes, where are we at? I don't know. I think we're in the teens somewhere. Uh-huh. That's like going to getting to the top of Casey's house. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be willing to bet if somebody said you must bet your house whether Joe Biden will be the presidential, the Democrat nominee for president in 2024 or not? No, absolutely not. I would not bet. No, you have to. You have to. I'm not giving you an option. I'm saying in this scenario, you have to make this bet. And the nine stories or how many floors are in this associated with this fabulous building you live in. Mm -hmm. Would you bet yes or no? If they said you must wager that home, which has got to be worth several million dollars. No. You'd say no. He's not going to be the nominee. Uh, Oh, I thought you were asking if he was going to drop out. Uh, No, I don't think he'll drop out. So do you think he'll be the you nominee? Think, you think he will be the nominee? Yes. I, I'm not sure how how yes, more clear I, I could ask this yes, question. I do. Okay, perfect. I think he'll be the nominee. I also agree with that. I also think Joe Biden is not going to go away, and he said he's not going to go away, <laughs> and he essentially turns into angry old man anytime he gets challenged on anything. Why would he quit? Casey, the one immunity he has right now mm-hmm. from what is very clearly a pay-for-play scheme that had been going on for years, along with his loser druggy son, is that he's the president of the United States. Yeah, the only way he's going to drop out is if he's forced. If they find something in an impeachment inquiry that we're told may happen sometime these days. Maybe by 2025. Yeah, I mean, we're all getting old waiting There's, for that. Uh, people have said this now for three years, and... It doesn't seem to even be remotely close to being true. I think people say that because they couldn't fathom a world in which a guy with serious mental issues is running the country, Mm -hmm. but it's happening. And the left is, at least publicly, I mean, hell, Kamala Harris just the other day talking about what a brave, brilliant, bright guy Joe Biden is. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're fine with looking you right in the face and lying to you. Well, he's got the DOJ, he's got the DNC, and he's got the media all on his side. So it's almost like a can't-lose situation for this guy. Um, I, I want to play this clip. So he was, I think this may have been yesterday, that he was at the, was this the maybe the metal pinning where he walked off the stage where he the guy the guy gets this prestigious award? I'm almost waiting for him to ask where Jackie Walorski was Well, again. I thought he was going to do it. Yeah. Uh, So yesterday, we talked about this in the first hour, he's at some sort of medal pinning ceremony, this great military veteran. Medal of Honor ceremony. Medal of Honor, thank you, yes. And, you know, the always, for years and years and years, everybody's familiar with that. Hey, you put the medal around the neck, the grin and grip, the shake of the hands, the Mm -hmm. photo op, the, you know, hey, we say a few words about, a few more words about Chuck, and then we, you know. So President Walnut, this is what he does. He takes his mask off. Puts the medal around the Medal of Honor recipient's neck. And then they start applauding. And I feel like he thought, oh, okay, we're done here. Yeah. Here's the applause. That's my cue. Walks away. 
before the closing benediction even happened. And it wasn't a thing like where he's stepping back to say, hey, this is Fred's moment This is in your the sun. moment, right. No, no, he left. He left the room. And everybody is following him like, where are you going, dude? But he just kept walking away. Here he is again malfunctioning. That includes our Secretary of the, of the Defense, Austin, uh, Secretary Austin, Secretary McDonough, the Army, the Secretary of the Army, Warmoth, Chairman Milley, and uh, Senator Black, where's Senator? Uh, Senator Blackburn, and also Senator Haggerty, who all joined us today. Hmm. He's got a way Why with words. Why can't he speak? <laughs> Why can't the president speak, Casey? I know that makes me a total radical right winger, but I want to know why the president can't speak. Do you want to get into his economic advisor? Uh, no, I'd, I'd just like to put an end to this torture because I'd like to talk about the statistic. Casey, mm-hmm. 40% of Americans claim not to have a best friend. Mm-hmm. You got a dog? <laughs> we have to talk about this when we come back. All right, it's coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, Casey, I have a very simple math question for you. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to do my best. And I know math was not your strong suit, but I totally believe in you. That's why I'm in radio. What is 12 times 3? 36. You are so correct. Hey, question, follow-up question. Yeah. How would you like to get a 36% bonus when you invest your money? Yes, please. So if you invest $100,000, you get a $36,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $72,000 bonus. Hey, it's Kendall and Casey. Not only can you get a 36% bonus, you also get a competitive return, an average of 7% a year for the past 10 years. Plus, your money is backed by one of the largest largest insurance companies in the world. To learn more, call Bill Demery, your retirement guy in Indy at 317-932-9912. This 36% bonus won't last long, so call 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. Past performance is no guarantee of future return. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it says they've been friends for 60 years. Lou and Bobby have figured out what most (laughs) men don't. And there's a thing going around that says there's a loneliness epidemic among men because they just don't have a lot of friends. And that can be said for not just men, but women, too. Yeah. The circle of friends has grown smaller and smaller over the years. So there's a new poll out that shows four in ten Americans say that they don't have a best friend. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like 40% of Americans say they don't have a best friend. Casey, do you have a best friend? I do. Is it a man or a woman? I live with him. Okay. Well, all right. Look, that's kind of a... You, that's not a cop-out. I don't know. Kev, get in here on this. Kev's shaking his head. That is a cop-out. <laughs> Doesn't count. Yeah, thank you. Why would you not want to be best friends I'm, with... I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is it's like you have interpersonal relations with this person and there's all sorts of just stuff that gets involved with that and you're you have vowed to spend the remainder of your days with this person would you say that g is not your best friend yeah but i don't look i look 
I'm not. Kev, Kev, help me out you're on you're this. You're putting him in hot water. No, right no, no, now. no, no, no. I'm not saying that. But that's just, uh-huh. I'm saying like you have someone that is your spouse, that is your life partner, that is the person you'll spend the rest of your life with. That's a person you have uh, a, a child with. That is that is all sorts of different. It's that's like on an island by itself. Okay. I think this is talking about in this, someone that you're not yes, in that like relationship. Like social with. Yeah. Like you don't. You know. You haven't watched that person give birth. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, I mean, you see what I'm saying? And I never will. Well, I, yes. He's not made that way. Yeah, it's, it's someone who has the same hobbies as you. Yes. And, you know, someone you'll, like, go and get a beer with yes. on the weekends Thank or whatever. Thank you. Okay. So, do, by that standard. By that standard. you gave such a mom-wife answer. Yes, my husband is my best friend. <laughs> do I have, are you saying, like, do I have a. Like a social best friend. No. I don't either. Because I put that energy into, you know, like I, like we've just reviewed. You know, here's here's the. Well, this certainly was not a mistake in the moment, but in hindsight, the mistake I made is when I was a social butterfly, mm-hmm. and during the "you out with me, you out till three period of my life, which spanned decades, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I was like the Cal Ripken. <laughs> uh, all my friends were girls. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Because I have a, a very close network of male friends. Yeah. I had almost no guy friends, and I still, I still, I mean, obviously, my wife is my best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, like, obviously, I don't really socialize with anyone. Well, not anymore. anymore, you don't. Yeah, right. But I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't have. Uh, I mean, almost, I could think of like on a ha- on one hand the amount of like actual guy friends I mm-hmm. had. And my theory was on this: mm-hmm. I've got to look at whoever this person is. Why wouldn't I want to look at the best looking person mm-hmm. possible? It's like when Harry met Sally. Exactly. You just wanted to be with them. Well, I know. I mean, mm-hmm. look, that's another story for another time, okay. Casey. The point on this is, though, I can see in a world, especially where people are isolated from each other in the sense of a chosen isolation. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about like a chosen isolation of the social media, instant, you know, like instant communication world we live in where many people find solace in not having a singular person that they really rely rely on. Count on. Right. Uh, So people are choosing to make their circle smaller. Uh, Yeah, and I don't even know if they're doing it willingly. I mean, I don't don't know if it's a... Here's the thing I'm learning as I get older, Casey, is that behavior is really addictive. And it is easy to get into a pattern that becomes addictive whether you intend for it to be or not and i did not i know that's coming off like a kamala harris word salad that i just said there but what i'm talking about is if you get comfortable in a pattern it's no different than smoking cigarettes or drinking sugary drinks or working out anything else yes mm-hmm. you be you we are we as humans are habit forming people mm-hmm. that's what we do you mm-hmm. if you th- actually give an honest observation of your life you will realize so much of what you do is totally habit forming from the time you wake up to the things you do when you wake up to etc and it is easy now in the world where we can communicate with people without actual personal connection to not have said personal connection and the personal connection is actually what the relationship is meaningful relationships are all about is that connection with other people in the flesh in the present um think about when when like moving used to be a huge deal oh my gosh my best friend is moving a whole state away and i'll never see him or her ever again well now it's like 
hell, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, text message, FaceTime. It's like, oh, you're three hours away. Big whoop. It used to be a huge deal if your friend moved away to talk to him on the telephone. Yeah. It did. And I think you'll find this as your daughter ages, you'll become friends with the parents of her friends. And because you have a lot of commonality, you do a lot of things together, you see each other a lot. And as your children get older and lives change, the children grow up and go off and do their own thing. Some of those relationships that you had with those parents, they're, yeah. they're, they're of convenience yeah. because you're always around each other. And when you're not anymore, that's when you start to drift apart. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, Kevin, you're okay. Single, not married, no kids. Do you have a best friend? Uh, I've got a few best friends. I don't really play favorites. <laughs> He's so popular. I do I do have a group of friends, though. Uh, just 13% of U.S. adults say they have 10 or more close friends. I'm uh, about half that. I'm going to throw out, and this totally is going to sound like, uh, I don't know, like some sort of Jackson Brown or Dan Fogelberg song, because it's totally impossible to do. But I was thinking about this last night as I was journaling and doing various other things. Wouldn't it be amazing? And obviously, if everyone could do this, then it just wouldn't matter. But you don't realize how, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You don't realize how uh, immature you are and the oper- there's an old saying, youth is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how true that saying is until you have reached a point where you're capable of realizing how true that statement is. And don't you wish you could take your, in my case, late 30s adult brain and implant it on my 25-year-old body (laughs) and say, wow, how the different path Mm -hmm. one might have chosen. And I think one of the paths- I only knew then what I know now. I think one of the paths I would have chosen was not to be a completely materialistic (laughs) a-hole who totally judged people (laughs) based on their appearances Mm -hmm. and nothing more. And I might've had some more deeper, meaningful relationships and friendships. You can make those changes now, Rob. (laughs) I've already made the changes. It's never too late to start. I have two friends now, Casey, Mm -hmm. my wife and my daughter. Mm -hmm. And and your co-host who invites herself over to your house. We were discussing the Notre Dame schedule. You know, they play Ohio State coming up in October. So I texted Rob and said, just saying, you know, you have to be open. If you want a best friend, you have to be vulnerable as well. Yeah. yeah. You can't close yourself off like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, when we come back, uh, I have to tell a story about something Kevin did last night. <laughs> okay. we, we have We have voicemails, but we have to talk about something Kevin did last night uh, to me to really, really, really ruin my evening. It's Kennelly Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and we're going to get to your voicemails in just a second. Okay, before we get to the voicemails, uh, you won't believe what Kevin did to me last night. What did he and do? And Kevin will do this from time to time, mm-hmm. where he will send something under the guise of, 
hey, you're really going to like this, buddy. Like, you know, a mutual interest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Amigos. He's trying to be best friends. Well, that's my point. This is why Kev cannot be my best friend, because he can't be trusted <laughs> to not take advantage of my gullibleness. Mm-hmm. And he will just send me a text message, and then I will get about halfway through whatever thing he wanted me to click mm-hmm. before I suddenly realize he's doing this playing you. because he wants me to be angry. <laughs> so he sends me, we have not seen Kevin for three or four days, four or five days, yes. whatever it's been, thinking, man, did he get, you know, is he buried at sea somewhere or something? You know, we hope Kevin's Austin, okay. Lake, he's Michigan. due back at work tomorrow. And just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Kev says, sends me, goes, hey, I think you'll really like this guy. Tell me what you think of this Bruce Springsteen cover. So, of course, like, I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing. Like, I just dropped the baby in the bouncer and sure said, I'll get back to you in a minute. Must <laughs> see what this is. Kevin's I, video is more important. <laughs> and so I click this video and Kev says, hey, it's time stamped. Here's where the thing starts. And it's this guy mm-hmm. who he looks like a love child of Fabio. <laughs> and Michael Bolton. Yeah. So he's got this <laughs> long flowing dime store novel cover blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He's very physically fit. He's, of course, wearing the ripped off mm-hmm. shirt so you can see his. Sun's out, guns out. Arms. Denim vest. Yeah. And he appears to be at a campground Mm -hmm. of some sort. So he's not playing, you know, Gainbridge Fieldhouse. He's at a local campground somewhere. And he does the, this is, I knew we have later since determined, this guy does clickbait with all of his videos where the title of the thing is something like, you won't believe how this woman breaks down in tears when I play this Springsteen cover for her. Mm -hmm. And so you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the greatest thing ever. Like just, you know, Kev's totally got me sucked in on this. And so I click it and there's, I'm watching this guy and thinking, what the, what the hell is going on here? And you told me he is some sort of, he's, he's not even from America. He's like from Lithuania. Yeah. So his name is Davi Das and he is a sure YouTuber is. from Lithuania. I guess he immigrated over here when he was 18, uh, moved to Florida and just started doing this like loop pedal, uh, shtick where he basically, he'll like, he'll create songs on the spot. Yeah, so so he's taking requests from the audience and at the start of this you're thinking, okay, this is kind of cool because he plays all the instruments himself. He's got like this kind of drum machine and a little keyboard mm-hmm. and then yeah. he's but the giveaway should have been he has a selfie stick on his guitar. Right. It's not a capo, it's a camera. And he's got and the other thing that should have been a dead giveaway is if someone says to you, Casey, wow, you won't believe the Eagles concert from the other night at Gamebridge. you got to check out this video. It would make sense that thousands of people have their mm-hmm. cellular telephones out filming the Eagles at Gamebridge, and you're going to want to click that, and that'll be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. It should have dawned on me, <laughs> why would some guy named Davidad, Davidad, Davidad. Davidas, mm-hmm. who's playing at a local Sunny Bear campground, mm-hmm. Have a personal videographer <laughs> filming the entire, like, what? How does that even happen? There's 10 people in the crowd. That should have been your first but, clue. But Kev was telling me, apparently, the, he's got some toady lackey guy who, like, follows him around and films his 
stuff that yeah, is super he, anonymous. Yeah, he films his stuff, and then he, like you mentioned, he also has the selfie sticks. Yeah, he's, he's got a different view from his guitar. And you and your dad. This is this is Kev. Kev and his dad's version of Hey Dad, you want to have a catch? <laughs> Kev and his dad in their free time spend it watching this guy playing at mm-hmm. Sunny Bear Campgrounds and Lake Resorts and various other mm-hmm. whatevers, which I know this, that this is now a big moneymaker for independent musicians. Our buddy Jason, producer Jason, mm-hmm. will do this. He's a very talented musician. He'll go to these campgrounds. And I guess the premise is, hey, people have paid to be here. They've got their lake homes or their trailers or their whatever. We'll give you X amount of dollars and you come and entertain the people and we'll sell drinks at the local pavilion bar. So, okay, I'm giving this a shot. I'm thinking, wow, this description and this guy looks a little weird. (laughs) But, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. And he starts on this loop and he starts. I can tell very quickly he's about to play I'm on Fire. So I I know what the song is. And he gets... He gets going on the song and it's it's fine. It's you know, it's a little and I'm thinking, man, what this why would anyone be brought to tears with this? And then about halfway through the song, he just stops the song itself and just starts repeating mm-hmm. on a loop this inaudible wailing Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? As he's making eyes at these women in the audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> some of which appear to be really enjoying it. But the best part is the men are laughing hysterically the at men this are guy. Not, they're not. They're laughing near him for sure. And there's a younger kid in the crowd who's like got his hand on his forehead, and he's like, "Oh no, mom!" Rolling his eyes, like, "Why did you bring me here?" And then it is at that moment it dawns on me. Kev sent this to me because he knew it would enrage me. And the second half of the song, Casey, is not even the song. Do we have a little clip of this guy just the yeah. inaudible wailing that I was subjected to? <laughs> Here we go. He sounds like he's got a a voice tuner, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. it's awful. You got to stop it, Kevin. Well, we're going to get we're going to get our license pulled. He typically uses auto-tune on his voice, yeah, he but does. I don't you I don't know tell. if there was I think there was maybe a little bit of auto-tune. How about you doing a deep dive into this guy? I mean, this what? is you spent you would freely admit you and your dad. This like my my dad and I will watch golf together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and some people play golf with their dad and some people have collectibles with their with their father. Well, you and your dad, this is your quality time together. Well, we had this tradition that kind of started during COVID during yeah. the lockdown yeah. where we'll watch live performances of bands and you know, we'll watch like Van Halen yeah, or yeah, like sure. uh, we were watching like Kenny Aronoff videos yesterday yeah. from John Mellencamp's band. Um, but yeah, we found this guy a couple years ago. <laughs> but and- Kev, we totally get it. Hey, hey, remember the you know 1976? It's it's the Eagles at the Fillmore. Yes, absolutely, we get yeah. it. We why you would want to watch your dad would say, man, I remember buying that album. Why the hell did you stop on this guy? Well, I just think it's so interesting because this is kind of like a new way of reaching audiences for musicians. Yeah, um, just running your own YouTube channel. And yeah, I just got to say, I respect that he's keeping the American dream alive. 
and he's really putting himself out there. I mean, it, it's it's not easy. Uh, we're gonna have Jason on the show sometime because he mm-hmm. does not like this guy. He's not uh, you, you know swooning women with the long hair and the you know whatever and the auto tune. But he plays. He gets paid to go play at these campgrounds and whatever. So this is big business. We're gonna have him on, and I'm gonna get to the bottom of well, how you entertain a crowd at a campground. Well, this Fabio guy has set the bar pretty low. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is technically the voicemail segment, so we should probably play at least one voicemail before we get to hammer. Hello, this is Susan, a longtime listener, first time caller. Casey, you're wonderful. Rob, you're great too, but you think too much of yourself, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I like confidence. I just went to a liver appointment that I have every year, and they made me sign a form saying that. I could do virtual appointments next year. So they're already saying they're planning a lockdown or they're expecting a lockdown. Hmm. But I don't know how they're planning a year ahead of time. So just some FYI information that, yeah, Rob, you were right again. I think we're heading to a lockdown right before the elections because they're already having me sign forms for it. Thank you very much and have a great day. You're doing a great job, guys. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Lockdowns, no thank you. But people, uh, look, again, you are going to have a very clear choice in this state and I'm not endorsing anyone for governor yet on the Republican side yet, but you're going to have a very clear choice when you go vote in May, because there's also a chance it won't, it, you know, it may not, who knows in what form it'll be happening. But Eric Holcomb and by extension, silent Suzanne Crouch have made very clear they will absolutely lock this state down again. They will absolutely cost you your job again. They will absolutely cost you your business again. They will absolutely force you to wear a mask again. And you are going to have to decide in May whether that matters to you or not. Because the Republican supermajorities have also made very clear they are totally fine with Holcomb doing that, which is why they've done nothing to stop him from doing everything he did in 2020 again. So when you start looking at who you're going to vote for, and I, I get May is a ways off, but it'll be here before you know it. There's only two people right now that you can genuinely trust. Well, one, I think you can genuinely trust, and the other one, well, flip a coin, which is Braun. But right now, Curtis Hill is the only guy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who has done anything to stop the state of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, and the Republican supermajorities from trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. So it's up to you. Do with that what you will. Do you feel like some of this is a test balloon? I think that's interesting. I, th- I, well, Casey, I truly with think- Biden masking sometimes, yeah, saying that he's following the CDC guidelines sometimes, except for when he's putting a medal on a Medal of Honor recipient <laughs> and then walking away, and then walking away. Yeah. I, look, they're coming back. They're going to try to get away with it. They need the mass mail-in, unaccountable voting, mm-hmm. and so they're going to try something. And look, we can control Indiana, and so as us controlling Indiana. We get a say on our governor. We get a certainly a say on our lieutenant governor. And you'll have people on your ballot in the primary and at the state convention who will vow never to lock you down again, never to force you to wear a mask, never to fine you or shut your business down. you got to decide whether that matters to you or not. Right now, you have two people running in Curtis Hill and Micah, who you know absolutely, whatever else you think of them, they will not do that. And you get to decide how important that is to you. Vote accordingly. We've got Jason Hammer joining us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93. WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go 11 minutes and 
fun of 11. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Jason Hammer from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel show joins us. So coming up on Monday, October 23rd, 6 p.m., we've got the big debate between Joe Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve on Wish TV. I see you've got South Park on your screen here in studio. And there's a great episode of South Park about elections, and it was a giant douche against a turd sandwich <laughs> and this is pretty much what the mayor's race has turned into here in indy but yeah wish tv uh phil sanchez in the game will be doing the debate and listen let's be honest we all want the question yeah where were you during the riots it doesn't even have to be by wish tv no. let's just for argument's sake here and i'm just spitballing let's just say that the hogset campaign says we're gonna agree to this debate but you can't ask that question <laughs> just play ball with me because we can all see slimy joe doing that right <laughs> Why doesn't Jefferson Shreve bring it up? Yep. Because this is his chance Mm -hmm. to win back a lot of the people that he gave a middle finger to with that gun plan. You won't win back everybody. It's not winning back me. But you could make some hay in this race if on that debate stage, which is televised on Wish TV, streamed free all over the state, all over the city, where were you and who was making the calls? And every answer, we talked about this earlier, every answer should be that question. That question should be in every single answer so i did a little digging oh i'm not an investigative reporter but i i hate joe hogsett well and you're you're no two l's over there at- <laughs> right i'm actually right um so i found an interview from wish tv i think this was late 2021 oh. and alexis rogers who i believe is still there is uh, interviewing boss hogsett and take a listen to this big part of this unsafe, uneasy feeling for some of our residents, you know, started within the riots in downtown Indianapolis of May last year. Criticism of that night uh, has included some of the same themes that we've heard when it comes to the violent surge and the leadership of the city. You know, where were you on that night when a lot of the the riots started to happen? I was uh, at at home uh, monitoring uh, what was going on uh, in constant contact with Uh, the leadership at the Emergency Operations Center. Um, I um, uh, came downtown the very first uh, light of day uh, the next morning. Uh, I met with uh, community leaders and organizers of the protests. Protests. Boy, there's all sorts of holes in that story. Wow. That's not what we've heard. Yeah, boy. And and look, here's what we know definitively, without a doubt, without discussion. Somebody else other than Joe Hogg said the police had the Capitol secured. I was down here when they, when they were doing it, so I can vouch for that, that the police had everything under control. Somebody from the mayor's office, and it wasn't him, said... Let them march. Okay, so that takes us into another question from Alexis to Joe in the same clip that I had to dig deep to find. Did the city give any stand-down order that night for officers to not react or not crack down on rioters or protesters? No, I, 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 I believe all those decisions regarding the tactics and the strategy uh, that was employed by our um, uh, ERG unit uh, in IMPD, uh, those decisions were made by the command staff of IMPD itself. Oh, so ow. listen to the way that he said that, though. That's such a tricky politician thing. And this is what I want your audience to understand. Okay, 
Now, I've heard different stuff from law enforcement, and I know you have too, Rob, but what if the mayor's office told the command center of IMPD, this is what we want you to do? Then, of course, obviously they have to play ball. Uh, But there are two different holes in this story. Right. I mean, I've talked to two different people at IMPD who were there that night and were there the next night, and neither one of them are connected or know each other and told the exact same story. Now, neither one of them are no longer there anymore because I got the hell out of there. But those two guys don't know each other. They don't work together. And they told me the exact same story, which is totally not the story he just told. And if this is the case, then why hasn't Joe Hawkset allowed the release of the audio tapes of the communication? Why hasn't he released those tapes? That's something Rick Snyder, the FOP president, has been calling for for a long time. And he's told us on our program shortly after the riots what really went down with the officers. So who do you believe? Mm. Rick Snyder and law enforcement officers that are out there every day or Diamond Joe Hogsett? And we know... As the city is burning, Joe Hogshead is nowhere to be found. And the only thing we finally see is a tweet from him. Because remember, we, you, me, and Nige were talking about this the next morning. The next morning after this happened, how ridiculous this was. In real time, at like 3 a.m. or something like that, a tweet comes out from Hogshead. We know he doesn't even run his own Twitter account. Right. Right. That was his assistant, which we believe was uh, Thomas Cook that put the tweet out. Now, I've got one more soundbite here. Just so everybody knows the kind of weasel that we're dealing with here, listen to Joe twist himself in a pretzel to not call it a riot. As difficult as that weekend was, a Friday and a Saturday night where constitutionally protected protests over the (laughs) untimely death of George Floyd. We have had, over the course of the last year and a half, over 150 peaceful protests in the city of Indianapolis. Two people died. Yes. Two people died at the constitutionally protected protest. This guy is such a zero. And Jefferson Shreve, I know your staff listens to this program. I've given you the everything you need in your arsenal to go after this loser yeah. at the debate. Wow. I've been tough yeah. on you. I think you're a complete total bum for this job. I hate the city of Indianapolis has to choose between these two losers, but I've given you some evidence. Don't say that I haven't given you anything. Good on wow. you for finding that. Nice Good on job, you. Jason yeah. Hammer. Yeah, 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 what's coming up this afternoon? Oh, We're going to get more into this mm-hmm. story here. And uh, Tony Kennett, Casey Daniels, and a lot more. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.